With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's Fallon. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I've had some people reach out recently saying they found the podcast. They're going through some stuff. And I, you know, I would say, well, if you want to share your story, let me know. And uh, I had a recently a girl say, you know, I'm not there yet. And that's totally fine. Sometimes you're not there You just want to listen to other people's stories, and if that helps you, that's the entire point of this podcast. I had someone else reach out and ask, uh, just like a local place, and they said, hey, you know, we're looking for feedback on podcasts. What's something you've learned since doing the podcast? And I said, well, I think one big thing I learned early on was you have to find your lane, right? You have to find something you narrow in on. So this podcast is to help people hear stories from real people. This is not a place you're going to get any type of advice except for the last Friday of the month. I do have Jen on. Um, She's a therapist. She'll answer a couple of questions and give some feedback. But most episodes are people just sharing their stories uh, to kind of, in some cases, get closure or just because they need to tell it. They need to get it off their chest. And I'm always welcoming new story ideas you can email me anytime, Fallon, F-A-L-E-N, at kdwb.com. And you can also follow along. Um, I always post the new episodes. So you can swipe up and listen on my Instagram, Fallon, F-A-L-E-N, KDWB there as well. So today's podcast could cover some touchy subjects for those. Um, it's about big life-changing decisions that were made in this relationship when Terry was younger. Terry joins me today on the Heartbroken Podcast. Terry, what are we going to hear in your story today? When I was 19, I had met a, a a guy and dated for a short period. We made some life-changing decisions, and um, after making that decision, he left me within 24 hours. I'm Fallon, and this is the Heartbroken Podcast. Everyone has experienced heartbreak in their life, some more than others. Often, we feel like we're bothering our family or friends when we talk about it. I started this podcast to help those going through heartbreak share their stories. Sometimes it's easier to share with someone they don't know. I hope it's somewhat therapeutic for them. Maybe it gives them some closure. And to those listening, I hope it helps you feel less alone. Thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. Now, you said this is when you were 19. So did you guys meet in college? I was going to school. He was in the Air Force. I lived next to an Air Force base um, when I was growing up. And I went to college uh, just about 25 minutes away from that Air Force base. But I lived with my parents and commuted back and forth. So um, I had met him through a mutual friend. I had just gotten over a breakup. And it was kind of hard on me. It was a high school breakup of three and a half years. So, you know, at that age, you're, you're nervous and, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm never going to find anybody. Even um, though you're 19, but yeah. Exactly. Um, so 
yeah, I, I ended up meeting him through a mutual friend. She worked at, at a local bar on the base. Um, and of course I was 19, so I shouldn't have really been in there, but I was, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) but we won't tell anybody about that. (laughs) Right. Uh, so anyway, I, I had met him, he and I clicked right off the bat, exchanged phone numbers. It was very different because this was back in 1991. So, um, you know, there was no social media or anything like that. No, no cell phones. Um, so, you know, if he wanted to call me or I wanted to call him, we had to call the landline that most people don't even have anymore. Um, and we just clicked and we got along great. And it was for the first like six months, it was, you know, kind of like a dream type, um, relationship. And, uh, you know, he would go back and forth from where he, where we lived back to where he's from, which is, um, the twin cities. And he went back there one, one weekend, no big deal. I didn't, I didn't have an issue with it. I was home. So I had friends went out myself, did my own things. He came back and he was just a little bit different and I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I, you know, I just let it go and thought maybe he's just having a bad day, a bad week. Um, and we started just little things. It just seemed like little things got on his nerves. Um, he would be irritated with me, uh, just calling him sometimes, which was Mm. odd. Yeah. And I, so I, you know, I decided that I would actually sit down and talk to him about it. And he basically said, there's nothing wrong. Don't, you know, it's all fine. It's great. Whatever. Um, so I was, you know, thinking, okay, so maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm reading into things, you know, I'm 19. Yeah. What do, what do I know? Um, and I ended up, I don't know, like maybe a couple of weeks after into this, maybe three weeks into him after he got home from going home, I ended up finding out that I was pregnant. Oh. Now I had only been with him for seven, eight months. Okay. So you definitely weren't trying to get pregnant. Oh, absolutely not. No, I was 19. I was in school. Um, you know, I was still kind of in that, you know, have fun. Let's go out and, you know, be friends and do this. And I had no intention of this happening. So, and, and actually he didn't want children ever. Oh, okay. Um, but I didn't find this out, uh, obviously until after I found out I was pregnant. Um, so what, so ha- that what was didn't- that like when you found out you were pregnant? Can you remember? Like, I mean, I'm sure the obvious is you're freaking out. Um, well, yeah, I was, I, I found out, um, and we actually found out together because I told him, you know, I think I might be pregnant. I think we need to get a test. So we did. And we, I did, I took the test and the reaction was not what I had anticipated. I mean, I knew it wouldn't be like open arms and all joyous, you know, like if yeah you were planning it, but his reaction was like, well, this isn't right. This isn't good. I, oh. you know, I'm not, I'm not in for this. And for me, that was like devastating because yeah, you know, you're scared 
but it's exciting all at the same time. Even though you're not ready, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> um, that was my first initial thought. Like it didn't even cross my mind. Adoption wasn't an option. Uh, abortion wasn't an option. Um, you know, I thought he would be excited, but his reaction obviously told me not that he was not. Um, so we, you know, we kind of like didn't get along very well after that. Uh, just because he was being lack of a better word, just a tool. Yeah. He, he's pushing you away. Doesn't want this. He's so he's going to treat you like crap. Right. And, and I think he was already doing that, you know, in hindsight, he was already doing that anyway, but I was trying to play it off like, Oh, you know, it's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he had already decided he was done before this even happened. So this just made it even worse, obviously. So, um, you know, like, like I told you, we talked about it at extensively and he, he, I wanted one thing. He wanted another and being 19, you're, you know, and obviously hormones everywhere. I, I was terrified to tell my parents. I did not want to disappoint my parents. Right. I didn't want to tell them, oh, well, here I am. Uh, I'm pregnant and my boyfriend doesn't want anything to do with me. Yeah. So that was scary. I mean, it's scary just thinking about, oh my gosh, how am I going to provide? How am I going to go to school? I need to get a job, right? Back in the 90s, like early 90s, going to school, getting a degree was, that was the route most people took. Now you you can do a two-year and get a really decent job. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get a diploma and still get a decent job. Um, but my dad was adamant that I was going to go to school. So me getting pregnant really screwed that up. And so I was terrified. I was terrified to tell him that. And so I had that in the back of my mind and I had him in the forefront telling me he didn't want anything to do with this. And, um, I said, well, you know, I can't, I don't, I don't want to do what you're asking me to do. It just really, for me at, at that time, I, I didn't want to do it. And I wish I, knowing what I know today, obviously everybody wishes they had the wisdom of their later years, but I would totally do a ton of different things. Um, we talked about it and talked about it. He, you know, he calmed my nerves and said, you know, made it seem like he really wanted to be with me. Mm-hmm. Made it seem like this was all, you know, this was just not the right time for either of us. And, um, I agreed, you know, I knew it wasn't the right time, but yeah, what are you going to do? I, you know, basically my thought, my, my, my thought process with him was, what am I going to do? It's the, you know, it's done. The other two things are not on the table for me. And, um, but they were definitely in his mind. Yeah. And over about a week, you know, cause you don't have much time. You got to make up your mind if you, you know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we hemmed and hawed over a week, talked about what our dreams and our plans were me being in school, I, I knew I wanted to go to school and complete that. But I also knew in the back of my mind, I wanted to be a mom. 
I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be married. Um, you know, just like the same thing that you would dream any other time. Yeah. It just that this was going differently for me. I'm guessing in that week, Terry, that, I mean, a week is quick, but it is also a long time when that's all that's on your mind when you have, like you said, the hormones, so much anxiety about it. And it sounds like you were really alone because you had no support. Did you have any friends or anything you told about it? I did not. Um, Just solely because I really didn't know what was going to happen. And um, he, I knew he wasn't supportive, um, but I, and I knew that there was still a decision there that had to be made. I just didn't want to bring anybody else into it. So yeah, I was really kind of alone that whole week. And I do remember, you know, going to class and just kind of going through the motions because I was so, um, I don't know, lost in thought. But, um, you know, I would talk to him every night and we would talk about it to each other, but it, it, you know, eventually got to the point where he was telling me what he he thought I wanted to hear and he was right. It was what I wanted to hear. Right. So, um, over that week we talk about it. And then one particular day I call him after he's done with work. And I'm like, so I want to talk about this and make a decision. We've got to do, we've got to do something. And he said, you know, here's, here's what I want to do. And he laid out plans of how he wanted us to get married. He was in the air force, like I had said. So he was going to request to be stationed, um, overseas because that was something he wanted. And part of the reason why he enlisted in the first place. So I, and you know, who at 19 doesn't want to go overseas, right? Yeah. Um, and plus with somebody that you feel like you truly love. And I, I was all like, oh yeah, that's great. I'm totally down with that. And he played on that and basically was like, yes, you know, we, we can do this. We can get married. I I'm going to put in for my orders and then when the time is right, we will have our children. And, you know, he basically had me all wrapped up in this fairy tale and then had me excited over it and then brought, dropped on, dropped the ball on me when he said, yep, we're, you know, but I still want you to do this. So we decided together and I, and I was not happy about it, but it was a decision that, um, I thought we both were fully engrossed in. And, Mm -hmm. um, he's like, because I did find a place that we can go. I'm like, seriously, you, you've even got a place. He's like, yeah, I scheduled an appointment for you for next week. Oh, and, when those words came out of his mouth, did you, did your heart just sink? Oh my God. I I was like, there was a lump in my throat. I wanted to cry because, you know, saying it and actually doing, going through the motions of completing, completing it was a totally different thing. So that, that was 
the hardest thing for me. And I felt like I was, I still felt like I was being pushed into it, mm-hmm. but I knew that if there was just no way going around, he didn't, if I wanted to be with him, he would not want to have the baby. And I knew that everything he was saying made sense. You know, it wasn't time. No, it wasn't time. We were young. Yes, we were. I wasn't married. Um, there was a time and a place, you know, so everything he was saying was making sense. And I went along with his plan. And so the next week, um, he had made this, you know, this plan and called the doctor and set up the appointment. But the appointment was like three to four hours away from where we lived. So I had to take and skip classes because it was during the middle of the week. And he had his own vehicle. So we just drove. I mean, I had mine too. I guess we both had our own vehicles, but we drove his because I, I think I was like, I can't drive because I'll be a mess after this. I know I will be. So, um, we drove down and, um, there was a picket line, the whole nine yards, just like you would envision. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard because you know, I wasn't happy about the decision in the first place, but then I also seeing that made me feel even worse and guilty because here I am doing something that there are frankly many women that wish they could carry a baby Mm -hmm. full term. Um, so yeah, that was all really weighing heavy on me and we get out of the car, we walk in and they're, you know, everybody's protesting, they're yelling things at you. I get in and I'm already a basket of nerves. I'm ready to cry at, at a drop of a hat and, um, they bring us back, show us some videos, you know, so you know what to expect. And I don't, I don't, I remember them bringing me back there and, um, doing the abortion and he wasn't there. He was in the waiting room when we got, when I came out, it took and and the sad part is that it only took 15 minutes, 20 Uh minutes, maybe from start to, to end. Um, and of course, you know, so it's just like if you were to have um, a DNC or anything mm-hmm. like that, you're bleeding then. So um, I I had, you know, some supplies with me there and we left. But I should say that he had even went as far as, you know, telling me, well, I only have I only have so much money, so you're going to have to front me some money. Because we we agreed that we would sp- split the cost of the abortion, mm-hmm. and I you know I'm thinking okay yeah I'm a, I'm with you you know I'm it's you and me against the world, and so I pay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Revoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He like two thirds of the, of the bill. <laughs> he chipped in his portion. 
mm-hmm. um, with the uh, intention that he was going to um, pay me back. Yeah. And we get in the car and I li- and I'll never forget the day. I mean, I can still remember. It was a fall day and um, it was raining and kind of miserable out. So, you know, that didn't help my demeanor at all either. So once it's all done, you know, you walk back through all the crowds and they're jeering at you and you're feeling like crap anyway. And I get in the car and I proceed to cry the entire drive home. And at first he was, you know, it's okay. And you know, it'll be fine. And, and then after that, like the last two hours, two and a half hours of the drive, he didn't talk to me at all. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I had cried so much. I was like, what is going on? He's not even, I mean, I understand this is something you wanted, but you're not, you don't even seem like you care. Yeah. Like about at this point, you guys are, he's telling you he wants to marry you. Like this was, this should in theory change his life too. And when you see the person you love affected so dramatically, Anyone right. should be affected by that. Well, and that was kind of what I was thinking. You know, here I am. I'm crying. I'm upset. I'm emotional. A huge decision. I made a huge decision just now with my body um, and with a part of me that I could never get back ever. And um, he acted like it didn't even bother him. And that really bothered me. That, and that, you know, I thought about that on the way home. I, okay, you're being emotional. You're jumping to conclusions. Maybe he's dealing with it in his own way, in his mind, right? Yeah. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But we get back to the base. And I should say that he lived in, on the base, if you were single um, and you were enlisted, you lived in what they would call dorms. So it's basically like a college dorm and there's no kitchen. There's just, you know, it's like a dorm. And so he lived in a dorm with a guy. Um, and this guy, he had asked this guy to stay somewhere else that night so that we could be alone when he got back, when we got back. So he wasn't there. His roommate wasn't there, but we get there and I, you know, I needed some supplies for the night. And he said, well, here's my keys. Just go get some. Instead of saying, you just sit down and relax. Yeah. Right? Um, or I'll go with you. Instead of saying something like that, here's the keys. You can take my car, go get them, and um, I'll see you when you get back here. So I leave. I'm gone for, what, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is. I get back, and he's not in the room. And I'm like, what in the hell's going on? So I hear him next door. And I'm like, what is he in? I don't even remember the guy's name in his room right now. Like, what are you doing? So I knock on the door. I go over and knock on the door. Like, what's up? And he, you know, he looks at me and he's like, I'll be over in a minute. I'm just going to finish up with him. Like, all right. So I go back and I get dressed and I wash my face and get ready for bed. And he comes in and of course, you know, I'm crying because I'm sitting there by myself and he's over there laughing. I can hear him carrying on through the wall, laughing and whatever. And I, 
I looked at him when he came in, and he was all jolly. Like, there was no problems whatsoever. And I, I ended up saying, what is going on? You, this is what just happened, and I'm a mess. I'm a basket case, and I need your, your, your shoulder. I have nobody. Nobody, none of my friends knew at this point. And very little of my friends know still, because that was just something that I, I still feel horrible about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I cried myself to sleep. He just fell, he fell asleep. He had had a couple of beers. So he was partying, you know, like he, he had nothing going on that night. And so, cause I could smell it on him when he got in. So I ended up falling asleep, crying myself to sleep that night. And I had to get up the next morning and go to class. So I got up, got ready. And I still remember walking out the door and he followed me out the door and gave me a kiss goodbye and said, I'll talk to you later. And that was it. I go to class for that afternoon. And as normal, when I got home, I called him and He's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm like, how are you doing? I had kind of a rough day and just kind of went on to tell him how I was and whatever. And he's like, yeah, I, I thought a lot about it too. It wasn't easy for me. He's like, but I just, I feel like this isn't going to work for us. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? It isn't going to work for us. Like the abortion or the what? And he's like, I just don't feel like I can stay in this relationship. I'm just not, I'm not involved. I, I feel like I've fallen out of the relationship. And I said, hold on. You just, what just happened? I'm like, I, yesterday, not even 24 hours ago, I had an abortion. And you were assuring me that all these these things were going to happen and we had plans and, and he's like, yeah. And I, I just can't, I don't, I don't think I could do it. I'm just not in love with you. And I, so I'm a mess. I am crying nonstop. My parents can't figure me out. I can't, I'm not telling them obviously. Yeah. Um, my dad wasn't around as much cause he was working, but my mom, I was with her a lot. And she's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, nothing. It's just, you know, so-and-so, his name. I told her, we just are having a fight, whatever. And um, that was that. And, he, you know, he tried. I had still had friends that I would go and see that lived in the same dorm as him. And obviously this was probably a month later where I was over it, but not really over it. And he would try talking to me, literally would come knocking on their door. Cause he'd see my car in the parking lot and he'd go down to her room and ask for me. And I'm like, what do you want from me? Yeah. What, what do you want? And I had absolutely zero time for him. I'm like, no, I'm done. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. Cause I still loved him. Like I was yeah still madly in love with them. So you thought, right? Like you're the one, right? And uh, so I had a really hard time with it for probably about six, eight months. I mean, I, I still have a hard time with what happened as far as what I did, 
Um, but the relationship, I'm like totally over, right? I was over it like six, eight months later. Um, but I still carry around that guilt and that pain of, I don't know what I did basically. And I, I'm very Christian. So I, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. And of course I was, I went and confessed. I confessed to a priest. I went, you know, I did what I thought I needed to do to atone, but how do you really atone for something like that? In my mind, you don't. And I think looking back on it, I was so young and I, I was, I, I was like leading my life with my, my heart and, and not my head. Had I, had I looked at it the way I would today as a mother of two girls and a grandmother. I would look at it as, you know what, stuff happens and my parents would have welcomed that baby with open arms. Did you ever tell your parents, Terry? Uh, no, they still don't know this. So have you, it, who, have you who have you told? You said you really haven't told many friends either. Um, well, my husband, my husband knows. Mm-hmm. And my, I told my two daughters, um, and partially told them because I wanted them to understand that there's absolutely nothing that they could do that would ever make us not understand them or care or mm. be there for them. Um, my grandson is three. My daughter was 19 when she had him. So she kind of went through some of the same kind of stuff as I did. Um, and I think that was, I think it was because we, my husband and I are so open and honest with our girls and have been, um, their entire lives that they didn't ever feel like they couldn't come to us. And my oldest daughter is a lesbian and, you know, she had no problem telling us. So I guess my thought is if you're a parent and you're raising your children, especially two girls like I did or your girls, make sure they know that there's nothing in this world that will ever make you not love them. Or, you know, if I, if I'm disappointed, I'll be disappointed, but I'll get over that. I just need time to accept what the issues are. I mean, there's a lot of things. Like I've never been disappointed in either of my girls. Even when my daughter got pregnant with her son, he's like the light of my life. Yeah. And I think that that would have been the same case that my parents would have looked at it back when I was 19. Had I given... Do you think that I'm sorry to interrupt, Terry? Do you think nope. that's the biggest change uh, that or the biggest outcome? Because early on, you said when we started talking, you said if you know you knew what you knew now, you would have done things differently. Yeah. Um, do I assume the main the main one being you would not have gone through with the abortion? Correct. I I would not have. I would have involved my parents immediately, and I would have. I would have said something and, you know, after, after I 
told, um, after I had my, my daughter told me that she was pregnant, I was like, okay, here we go. Cause it was like me 30 years ago. Right. Um, so I'm like, you know, yeah, this is going to suck. I'm not going to lie to you. You're not, it's not going to be easy for you. This is going to be a hard road, but we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Your dad and I will be here. And since he's been born, um, it really has weighed on my mind. The, the whole abortion for me has really been an issue since he's been born for me. And I think that's because I'm now looking at him differently than I even looked at my own kids. Like it's hard to explain the, he's just amazing to me. And my girls were amazing to me too, but I think at the time I was so busy and I was so absorbed and I was too young to really understand. I think as you get older, you just start to learn and understand more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I think that if I, if I had to do it all over again, if I were a young girl, 19 I would definitely look for resources. If you don't have a family that you can lean on, um, look for resources, but make it a decision that you solely make and not anybody else for you. Yeah, I, I think that that's it's such an important key. I mean, the whole time you you didn't want to in your heart and you you went against what, you know, your, what your insides were telling you. And like you said, it's everyone's you know, decision uh, to make for themselves. But the partner who did not have your best interest at heart at all only had himself in mind. Yeah. Really, yeah, he didn't. Into I think he was dating to. somebody, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that when he went back, um, that's what he was doing. He had met up with his ex girlfriend, and I think that that at that point he was done, and he was out of the relationship. And so it was, it was a hard thing for me. Um, I, I was like, you know what? I should have just seen it. I should have seen it. But like I said, I was young and you know, when you're 19 years old, you think you have it all together. You have nothing together. Mm. Let me tell you, you have nothing together. You don't know everything there is to know. Um, you know, some people can, can be very together and, on point, but you're going to still make mistakes. And this for me, I feel is one of my biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life. It, you mentioned um, how things are so different with your grandson and part of me feels like, and you probably have thought about this too, with the the guilt and the remorse you have, you probably buried that kind of deep away. And then you got to bring all those feelings to the surface again through all of it. And I just, um, I, 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 I hope you've, you get to a point, maybe you have, and you, you've confessed, you said, but get to a point where you could forget. Have you forgiven yourself? Um, no, I think I thought I did until he was born and then now watching him grow. Cause we're very close to him. Um, she's, she lives in the same town as we do. And, um, so I think because I see him as often as I do, 
I always wonder, I wonder if he would have been a boy or if the baby would have been a boy. Cause mm -hmm. I always wanted a boy and I never had one. And so, you know, he had really curly hair. Um, the father had really curly hair and beautiful green eyes. And I always wonder, you know, cause he's, her son has really pretty eyes and he had blonde curly hair. And I, and I always sit there in my mind, but you know, I didn't do it with my kids. Mm. Like I didn't look at my girls and think like that because I had them. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I had a child. So I wasn't like, now I feel like I'm yearning for that child. If that makes any sense. I think it does. I think I, I get that. And I, I do, I guess Myra, I, I hope you get to a part, a point where you can forgive yourself. I think you'll always wonder. I think that's just a natural human thing. We always wonder the what ifs in life. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, that will always be there. And I think it will, you know, I know it will always be there. It's still hard, but, um, I think I'm at a point where if I can help anybody make a decision in regards to what they would do in that situation, I would definitely make sure they reach out to somebody and not be alone mm -hmm. and not, not talk to their parents because of fear, because that, that fear then just turns into grief for the rest of your life, basically. Well, Terry, I think a lot of people are going to relate to you. Maybe they've been through something similar, or maybe this will be exactly what they needed to hear. And I really just want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your very personal story, a story you really haven't shared with many other people. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Yes. I enjoyed it. Okay. And thank you for listening to the Heartbroken Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.